welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. have anxiety or, or really just feel depressed in the age of social media it's becoming an increasing problem where people really feel disconnected alone uh, and and can have a lot of anxiety so my guest today is the perfect person to discuss this topic and really help people understand it and kind of break it down for us so um, she has been on Oprah Winfrey. She has been on uh, all kinds of national radio and TV shows around the world. She has helped thousands of clients uh, with really um, and dealing with this issue. She has a doctorate in psychology, and uh, she's the best-selling author of nine books, including uh, Healing Your Aloneness, Finding Love and Wholeness Through Your Inner Child, and her latest, uh, newest book, I should say, is Diet for Divine Connection. So welcome, Dr. Margaret Paul. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this with you. <laughs> Me too. I think um, I think this topic, as far as uh, anxiety, is, is just, you hear about it on the news all the time anymore, and it's, it's just something that, um, you, you hear about it with kids, and, I, and you know, and, and people comparing themselves uh, through social media through people that are doing all kinds of really cool things and, and uh, looking so fab. And so it makes them feel bad. So how, how would you, um, if somebody came to you with, with depression, what is, how do you treat them? How do you work them through that? Okay, so there's two major causes of both anxiety and depression. One of them is, unfortunately, what's going on with our food system. Because with the, um, the industrialization of food and especially things like the vegetable oils, which just destroy the brain um, and the gut. So what happens is that people eat this bad food with this sugar and fast food and it goes into their gut and it starts to create this huge imbalance in their gut. And that creates toxicity and that toxicity goes right up their vagus nerve into their brain and now the recent research in the last 10 years shows that that toxicity creates anxiety and depression so that's a uh, that's half of it and that's why my new book diet for divine connection says beyond junk foods and junk thoughts because that's the other half of it the other half of it is that most people have they're so unaware of how they treat themselves they, they, they do what I call self-abandonment, which is they, they've learned to completely avoid their feelings. So if they feel anxious, you know, they'll graze in front of the refrigerator or they'll grab a drink or they'll turn on the TV. And what they don't realize is that all of our feelings have really vital, important information for us. Like anxiety may be telling you that, in fact, you're abandoning yourself. Like if, you're, if your child came to you anxious and you want to be a good parent, you say, well, honey, you know, what's going on? But if, you know, if you ignore the child, you grab a drink, you graze the refrigerator, you know, something like that, that child's going to feel rejected and that's going to create anxiety and depression. So we're constantly rejecting ourselves 
actually in four major ways, which I can go into. Um, but it's these two issues. It's the food issue creating a problem, a physical problem that creates anxiety and depression. And it's the emotional issue of self-abandonment that creates it. So that's really, really interesting as far as like this diet concept of, of you were talking about vegetable oils and things like that. Um, a, a really uh, good friend of mine, she is, uh, she's younger and she has a lot of anxiety issues and will have panic attacks. And she's super healthy eater though. I mean, she eats a lot of fruits and vegetables. She's, she's very thin and works out, does yoga. So you would think, so why would somebody like her, why would she, um, you know, why, why would that affect her? Or what's going on with somebody like that that seems to eat really healthy, exercises, does yoga, which I know would be something that would be really good for that. So what's going on with somebody like that? Okay, well, first of all, I would have to ask her about her diet because if she's not eating organic, she's getting all kinds of junk in her food. And if she's eating processed foods, she's going to be getting the vegetable oils and the sugar. And so it's hidden in everything. But let's say she's eating an absolutely fantastic, ideal, fresh food, organic, you know, really, really great. If she's abandoning herself, and this is what's going on with so many of my clients. And let me go into the four ways that people abandon okay. themselves. Okay. So when, when, we're, when we're kids... We all go through uh, hard, hard stuff, and we don't know how to handle it. And so one of the things we've all learned to do is go up in our head. We kind of disconnect from our body, and we go up in our head. Well, now we're still doing that. So many people, they operate just from their head, and they're completely unaware of what's going on on their feeling level. Our feelings are in our body. They're not in our head. So um, if there's a feeling going on like anxiety and a person just stays in their head, they're, they're, they're ignoring that, they're abandoning it. Or maybe they go and get meds, and I, I'm not against meds, but it covers it over. It doesn't really deal with the issue of self-abandonment. That's one way. The second way is so many of us have learned to judge ourselves harshly. If we grew up with parents who judged us, you know, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, you're stupid, you're ugly, what's the matter with you? Um, then we have a voice in there that we absorbed from our upbringing. It may not have been parents, it may have been peers, it may have been teachers, it may have been media. Um, that That is kind of, um, it's not real conscious, but it's hammering away at us. Well, again, if you treated a child that way, that child would get anxious and depressed. Mm -hmm. The third way that we abandon ourselves is that when we get an uncomfortable feeling, Instead of going inside and learning from it, like I said, they all have, or all of our feelings have information, we turn to various addictions. We have an uncomfortable feeling, we go to the refrigerator, we grab a drink, we grab a cigarette, we turn on the television, we go to the internet, we go to social media, um, you know, there's all kinds of things. We go out and, and buy things, all kinds of ways, all kinds of addictive ways that we ignore our feelings, and that again, makes us internally feel very alone, very rejected. Mm -hmm. That creates anxiety and depression. The fourth way is that we tend to make other people responsible for our feelings. So whether it's, it's parents or, or kids or friends or a partner, you know, it's like, let's say you have a child and instead of wanting to love that child, 
you keep finding, you keep trying to find somebody else to give that child away to. That child's going to feel rejected. Well, this is what happens with so many people. It's like they say, oh, this other person has to like me. This other person has to approve of me for me to be okay. I'm not going to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has to do it for me. And then we spend all this time trying to have control over how people feel about us, which is exhausting mm-hmm. and doesn't work. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it, that's so interesting, the, these four uh, just taking some notes down. So uh, kind of backtracking. The, the first one you mentioned was kind of um, – made me think about like medication and things like that. I'm glad to hear you as a, as a psychologist, uh, really say, Hey, you need to, it sounds like you're saying, Hey, you need to deal with it and not use an external, uh, thing. Now, you know, I, I know people including some family members that, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, taken antidepressants for a while and things like that. And I've never understood that. I've, I've really thought, you know, that's just something that, I feel like you need to deal with whatever it is and to, and to deal with it is how you can come through the other side. But if you're self-medicating or medicating through pharmaceuticals that are prescribed by a, a doctor, you're still not kind of really, it's like, isn't it kind of like a Band-Aid instead of really it is. dealing with the heart of the matter kind of? That's exactly what it is. And the problem with medication, I don't know if you know this, but every... Um, mass murderer has been on these drugs, has been on psychotropic drugs. So what happens um, on the physical level is let's say people are um, not eating well and they're abandoning themselves. They're going to be anxious and depressed. Then they go to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist gives them these psychotropic drugs, which in some people have been proven to cause suicide and mass. And so We've got a big problem here in that it's not getting dealt with. People are not learning to manage their pain, nor are they learning to eat in a way that makes them feel um, happy and peaceful inside. And so then we hear all about these shootings and we hear about these suicides. And I'll tell you, my heart breaks because people who learn to love themselves don't kill themselves and they don't kill anybody else. And this is what I teach. I teach this process, amazing process, called inner bonding. It's in both those books you mentioned, Healing Your Healing Your Aloneness, although that's an older book, and then Diet for Divine Connection is a newer book. Um, the process is in there. It's the most amazing process for learning to love yourself, step-by-step process that if people learn it, and anybody can learn it, mm-hmm. um, it changes everything, and it changes it very rapidly. It's like, again, let's say you, 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 um, you bring in a foster kid who's been abused and you start to treat the child with love. That child starts to respond. Mm-hmm. Same thing on the inner level. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, I, I've got a client that she was telling me that uh, her mother was just absolutely horrible. Her mother, you know, had a lot of issues, had her when she was very young and was not, didn't even know herself, let alone be able to, to help raise a child. And she ended up with a couple of kids. But she um, she really kind of did a lot of damage uh, to my client and, and really, you know, kind of gave her the scripts of your, you know, you're ugly, you're, you know, um, she just, she just really did a number on, on this woman. And it's like, uh, I think that that sounds like that number two that you were talking about where people, you know, 
judge you or you judge yourself, um, right. is it like when you have parents that you kind of learn a script about right. who you are, what your role is in this world? I, I know my mom and dad, uh, you know, my, my dad always said you could do anything. My mom said that too. But, but there was always a little, I always felt as a child like there was a little bit of, um, but don't get carried away. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah, do anything, yeah, yeah. but but, but, you know, but don't get don't get crazy. You know, like uh, there was always this uh, limitation of some kind that I always felt like, and and then as I you know got older, it's like I've you know the the beauty about getting older is you I think a lot of people, including myself, start to free yourself from some of those limitations that perhaps either you set your on yourself or or maybe your parents or somebody else set for you, maybe a spouse, whatever. But you kind of then finally say, hey, I don't give a crap anymore. You know, that's how I feel at this point in my life. It doesn't mean I don't care about what people think about me or or that kind of thing. Of course I do. But it's it is different. I I definitely feel free to do what I want to do. And I don't really care if somebody likes it or they don't like it or they approve of it or they don't approve of it for the as long as I feel good about it. As long as I feel like I'm doing what I want to do and living my authentic self, I'm I really don't care. You know, yeah, and, but but like you said, we've been programmed. Um, there's a, there's a place at the lower part of the brain called the amygdala, and that's where that's the fight or flight mechanism, and it's also where all these false beliefs are stored. That's the seat of the wounded ego. We call it the wounded self, and in our process of inner bonding, and um, so all these beliefs are in there, and it's like this little voice back there. Your you know your mother's voice, your father's voice, somebody else's voice. That's that's just coming in there. Da, 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 and telling you these things and you might not realize that it's happening but your feelings are letting you know because what I tell my clients is anytime you um, you feel anything less than peace and fullness inside there's likely some self-abandonment going on and I, I had tons of anxiety before I started to do inner bonding this six-step process because my, my mother was a rageaholic, she was narcissistic, my father tried to sexually abuse me in adolescence, so I, I had a lot of stuff to deal with mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I had that, my mother was always, you know, that voice, that parental, harsh, critical voice was back there. You know, you didn't do it right, you made a mistake, you better not fail, you're not good enough, you'll never make it. It was all back there. Mm-hmm. And until I started to pay attention to my anxiety and my depression, I didn't realize what was going on. But as I started to go in and pay attention and say to those feelings, whoa, you know, what am I doing? What am I telling you? How am I treating you? And that voice said, you're always on me. You're pressuring me. You're critical all the time. You're, you're pushing me and pushing me and I'm never good enough. I thought, Wow. I didn't even know I was doing that. And that's what the anxiety was about. All this internal pressure. Because I started eating well a really long time ago. So that wasn't the issue for me. The issue was this self-abandonment. And as I became aware of it, as I started to, to really tune into the anxiety and connect it to that judgmental voice... The anxiety went away because I was able to stop judging myself. And anybody can if they start to become aware of it and connect their anxiety and depression to that critical voice that's going on in the background, that kind of monkey mind that's always at you. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's really interesting because I I have thought to myself right or wrong, but I my that if that when somebody is like depressed, like seasonal depression, and I know there's validity to that. I'm not suggesting there isn't, but but it, but I think to myself, wow, you know. That sounds to me like a, kind of a, a fat man's disease almost. I know that sounds crude, but you know, mm-hmm. like like the luxury. It's it's like you think about like those the, the refugees that come here. You yeah. think about the people in that caravan that's you know coming to the United States. And I think to myself, well, like if you're if you're just worrying about where you're going to sleep tonight, and you're worrying about where you, your next meal. You're not thinking about seasonal depression, are you? You're not thinking no. about like, oh, I don't know myself. Right, you don't have the luxury of that, so it's kind of like that self-actualization with uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Right. That it's, it's like you get higher and higher to where you have all the creature comforts of the world. You know, say in, in you know in your life in this country, wonderful country we live in, and it's like, is you know, isn't it some of that? Am I wrong to to look at it that way? Well, you know, like some of my clients, some of my clients are very, very wealthy. They have everything. They have everything that that they were told is going to make them happy and peaceful. They have the big house. They have the the partner. They have the kids. You know, they're retired because they don't have to work. They made all this money. They get to do whatever they want. And they're anxious and depressed. Mm -hmm. And even if they're eating well, and some of them are, they're anxious and depressed because they're ignoring their feelings. See, you know, if, if you have a feeling of anxiety and you then ignore it, that inner child, which is our feeling self, will get more anxious. You know, like when your daughter was a child, if she came to you anxious and you ignored her, she'd get more anxious, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's what happens on the inner level. And that's what people do. They get anxious. Oh, they don't want to deal with their anxiety. They want it to go away. They want to get rid of it. Let's go do something. Let's daydream. Let's let's uh, you know. Let's call somebody to come and fix us. You know. Let's let's get on the internet. Take a pill. Rather than yeah, take a pill. <laughs> rather than going inside and saying, "What am I doing? How am I treating you? What am I telling you that's causing you to feel this way?" Mm-hmm. This is, is kind of like running. Like, is it kind of like running in the sense like you're, you've got a issue, or, or you're having a anxiety attack, or you're feeling very uh, anxious and depressed, or whatever, right. and then you're you don't want to deal with it, so you right. you distract right. yourself with everything out there. That's right. With all the addictions, and what I um, help my clients learn to do is move towards the feelings rather than away from them. Move towards them with compassion. People have to learn to move into compassion rather than judgment. And when they go inside with compassion, oh, wow, this inner child is feeling, pardon me, is feeling anxious and depressed. Boy, there must be a good reason. I wonder what I'm doing to cause this. And then one of the things that I do in this six-step process is that I help people access a higher source of love and wisdom and guidance. And this is why that book is Diet for Divine Connection, because um, it takes these two things. It takes eating well, and it takes being open to learning. In, in the process I teach, there's only two, two choices, only two intentions in the inner bonding process. One is the intention to avoid pain with some form of addictive and controlling behavior. And the other is the intention to learn 
about what I'm doing, what's loving to me, what my beliefs are, and what, what I can do differently in terms of taking loving care of myself. And so I teach people to open into their heart and open to learning and invite this love and compassion that's, that's here. It's, we live in it. And we can invite that warm, kind, loving, wise energy into us to help us understand what's loving to us and to help us be compassionate towards our feelings and our past or our present or whatever we're doing rather than judgmental. As soon as we judge ourselves, we're abandoning ourselves. But the minute we go inside with compassion, that, that alone starts to release, release the anxiety and the depression. Compassion, self-compassion is amazing. So it sounds like people really need to set out on a course, uh, get educated on how to do what you're talking about, your, your right. inner bonding, and really um, stop running from it in, in all these different ways, whether it's right. you know medication, self-medication, uh, social media distraction, phones, right. whatever it may be that people do to not deal with it. Sounds like people really need to stop and take the time to really... Uh, self-reflect, be self-aware, learn right. to love yourself, and and do the hard work that's that's necessary. But I got to ask you if so. How do you deal with? Um, I've seen somebody have a panic attack before, uh, not that long ago, and I was very, I didn't I didn't know how to help this person. I really I, it's not something I've ever suffered from. I haven't had you know, thankfully, that and maybe it's because um, because you know, I am now in my fifties. I, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a young person where I'm feeling all these different, uh, all this anxiety. What, I didn't really know how to help the person. So what, what would you suggest? Um, how, how, what should I have done? And okay, by the I way, do? Patty, you look, you look fantastic for a fifties. I try. <laughs> um, okay. So panic you know, again, let's say that um, you're with a child in a store and the child wanders away and can't find you. The child's going to feel panicked, right? Oh, my God, where's mom? <gasps> I'm all alone. Okay. So panic attacks come, again, from these two sources. One is what's going on in the gut. There's an imbalance in the gut. When people keep having panic attacks, it means that there's toxicity going on there. They really have to attend to their diet because that toxicity is going up into the brain and causing panic attacks. The other is the self-abandonment, that they're, they're not attending to themselves. And that inner child part of them ends up feeling all alone. Oh, my God, I'm just a kid, and there's nobody here taking care of me. This person who's supposed to be an adult isn't here, completely ignoring me. That can cause panic. And so if I was with somebody who was panicked, um, first, I, I'm, I bring in a lot of compassion. For them, I help them to breathe and bring that compassion in for themselves, reconnect to themselves. They want to move away from the panic. They have to move towards the panic. And so they have to bring compassion in and breathe into the panic. And that right away is going to start to de-escalate it. You know, the, 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 the sort of natural intuitive thing is, oh, I got to get this to stop. I got to get away from it. But that's not what's going to help it. Wow. Kind of like uh, go towards the fire. <laughs> Toward, yeah, it, yeah, it, that's right. Towards the feeling. Towards the feeling. 
show up like like you would with a child. Honey, I'm here. You're not alone. You know, if we just tell that to ourselves, I'm here. I'm grown up. I can take care of things. You're not alone. And then to start, start to tune in, what, what am I telling myself that's making me feel panicked? I'm telling myself something. Oh, I can't handle this or I'm going to die or whatever we're telling ourselves that's making us feel panicked. Wow. Do you, do you have um, recommendations or advice uh, as far as social media and how much time people spend on, on that kind of thing? Well, I tell you, if, you know, if people were really attending to themselves, really learning to love themselves, they actually would not want to spend much time on there because it's quite disconnecting. You know, when, when we're connecting to ourselves, when we're learning to truly love ourselves, we really enjoy sharing love with others. It's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to love myself and I'll be isolated. It's like, oh, wow, I'm all filled up with peace and joy and love. And I want to find somebody to share that with. And... Social media is not the way to do that. Mm-hmm. This has to happen in person. So I, social media has very little draw for me. I just go on like I have to, but, but mm-hmm. that's it. But it becomes addictive for people who are abandoning themselves. And so what I say to people who are operating out of an addiction is don't try to just get rid of the addiction. Start loving yourself. Start learning, start practicing, start practicing the six steps of inner bonding and really learn to love yourself and connect to your higher self and bring that love in, take care of yourself. And then you're going to find those addictions just fall away. I used to be so addicted to food. I mean, just it was an obsession. And if I had been able to throw up, I would have been bulimic, but I don't have a gag reflex, so I couldn't. Um, but it was a huge addiction. Plus, I was addicted to anger, all kinds of other things. As I learned to practice this, they just fell away. I don't have them anymore. Mm. Well, that's... So- yeah, that's what happens. No, I think that is really, especially these days, you know, there's a lot of addiction problems right. everywhere, opioids and, and so right. forth. Um, it, it, it sounds like, um, you know, somebody could really benefit from learning uh, from your books and the inner bonding and really kind of so, a lot of self-discovery, you know, oh, to, yeah. uh, oh, to heal. Yeah. And, and a real process. The, the new book, Diet for Divine Connection, has all of this in it. The, the whole inner bonding process plus how to go about learning what foods are right for you. I don't recommend a particular diet other than clean, organic. People have different philosophies about how they want to eat. But I do recommend a way of tuning into what's right for your particular body because people's bodies are different. They're going to respond differently to food. And I teach a process in the book of being able to know what's right for you. Again, as, you know, the more we tune into ourselves, the more we're going to know what's right for us, the less we're going to ne- uh, need to turn to outside authorities for what's right for us. People are always going to authorities like, well, what do you think? What should I do? Mm-hmm. Once you learn this, you, you go to the authority, your own higher self. Wow. And that, that authority knows what's right. <laughs> the big guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. I think that's great. I think um, it's a very interesting, unusual uh, kind of concept, really, as far as sounds like you're merging diet, 
um, and, you know, organic eating and, and not the processed stuff, in addition to the, the really doing the hard work of self-discovery uh, and self-work. Um, right. So kind of that sounds really um, like a new, new way to kind of a, a new approach. To combine right. those two. And I think that's so helpful. I think your your work is really fascinating. I can't wait to read your book, the latest, the, the uh, Diet for Divine Connection. And and uh, hopefully people will, you know, will check it out. How can people find you uh, and really kind of, you know, buy your books? And I think you do classes and seminars. Right? I do. So if they go to innerbonding.com, um, yeah, it's all on there. I do 30-day at-home courses. I have one starting next Wednesday for um, Loving Yourself, and it's a fabulous course. And then I have other other courses. I do workshops um, on, on the coast and, and in, the, in the southeast and at Cropolo and at 1440, all these different centers. I do five-day intensives, which are very in-depth that people really want to do a deep level of healing. All the books are on there. They're also on Amazon. So um, it's easy for, for people to get them. Yeah, and I, I was reading, I know you you sold over a million copies of uh, one of your of one books. Of my, yeah. yeah, which is just an astounding feat right there. If, if people don't realize how how rare that is, um, you know, a lot of you're, you're lucky authors oftentimes to sell 10,000 books or 20,000 right. books to to. So to sell over a million copies of any book is quite an accomplishment, and congratulations to you and all Thank the you. work you've been doing for so many years. And I know you've helped uh, celebrities along the way, right? Um, so I think that is super cool. And uh, yeah, and and one other thing that I want to stress is that you know you're you're doing a great job taking care of yourself as you grow older. I just turned seventy nine, and wow. I am so full of energy, so full of health. And I just want, I think I'm a really good role model for people taking care of themselves on both the physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. Because we don't have to get sick. We don't have to lose our energy. We don't have to lose our brain power if to love ourselves. Well, you look fantastic. 79. And in fact, so are you going to have a big, huge party when you turn 80? What are you going to do when you turn 80? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Well, my my stepmom, when she turned 80, she did not want a party. And so she, uh, what did she do? I'm trying to think. She does amazing stuff. She goes in like whitewater rafting in Colorado, like for seven days where you literally camp out in tents and sleep on the ground. And I mean, she's just at 80 years old. She's quite amazing. (laughs) So That's right. I love to hear that. Because, (laughs) you know, so many people my age, they're decrepit. They're having their knees replaced, their hips replaced. They're in pain all the time doesn't have to be that way but you got to be willing to learn to love yourself physically and emotionally especially yeah well thank you so much i think this is such a great topic and and i i hope there are a lot of people that will listen to your advice and read your books and really get some help and do you know kind of get off the um the 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 mouse wheel so to speak of uh you know distractions of all yeah. kinds you know whether it's email all day long or uh phone calls or the um you know social media nonstop, you know and comparing themselves to other people and, and really just dig deep inside and really do their own work and and really learn to you know love themselves i think that's yeah. so important I hope people uh, learn a lot from you. So thank you so much, Dr. Margaret. I hope people check it out. Great. I do too. Thank you so much. 
Well, this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show. So uh, until next time. Thank you.